Hi, I'm Colin Whiting. And I'm Dave Wagner. And this is My Mother the Podcast? Today we're going to be talking about the one-season show Cavemen, which aired in 2007, to kind of try to find out what happened there. Welcome to our first episode. Hi. Hello. Colin and I met in grad school, and then we moved far, far, far away from one another. The days were cold. The nights, the nights were lonely. The so lonely. The afternoons were full of toil and sorrow. But we have been brought back together by one-season television shows. Here on My Mother the Podcast, we're planning on looking into the vast assortment of shows that were canceled in their first season to try to figure out what went wrong and kind of whether there was anything worth saving. Now, every week we're going to talk about each show sort of as a whole. We'll start by briefly discussing what it is and how it got made or greenlit in the first place, the sort of general structure and arc of the show, who the main characters are, and so on. Then we'll talk about why you might want to watch it, and good lord, if this week's episode is any indication, we'll be talking a lot about why you wouldn't want to watch some of these shows. <laughs> you don't want to watch it. That's fair. <sighs> that's like the Cliff's Notes version for our show. You. Oh boy, yeah, don't watch this show. Don't watch the shows. Good night, everybody. Good night. Uh, but no, we'll finish up every episode. We'll talk about any questions that the show left unanswered why we think a second season didn't get greenlit, and what might have fixed it so that a second season would get greenlit. And if we have any funnier views or anything like that, or interview questions that we found online, we'll go through those at the end, too, before giving you a final recommendation. It's going to be um, a journey, and it's going to be an adventure, is my opinion. It's going to be a lot of self-introspection. I think we're all going to grow and become better than who we are were. Can I just get this out of the way at the beginning of this episode? Please do. I fucking hated Caveman. Caveman is garbage. Oh my god, what a terrible, unfunny show. You know, I'm gonna say I don't like Caveman. I I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. Alright. Good night everybody. Good night everybody. <laughs> so yeah, today we're talking about the 2007 series Caveman on the ABC network. It went 13 episodes, uh, including the pilot. And aired between October and November of that year. Yeah. Six six episodes actually aired. Yeah, then for some reason they made a bunch of others that are on YouTube now, so there's that. <laughs> it's a standard multi-camera sitcom, except that it's, you know, vaguely about cavemen. I Theoretically. Yeah. If I had to summarize, I'd say, like, the shows it's most like is kind of like, Dinosaurs and Entourage. That's probably the combination that we're looking at. Probably about as close as you're going to get. Um, boy, I, I I don't even know where to start with this show. It's, they're it's, like, it's three guys hanging out telling jokes in their apartment. They're boring, yuppie-ish characters who are incidentally cavemen in the modern world. 
and that plays very little role in the show. They get put in a lot of standard sitcom situations that naturally in no way rely on them being cavemen. So how did the show then even come to pass? Why why make a show called Cavemen about three cavemen hanging out in an apartment where they're not even cavemen? Well, Colin, <laughs> it comes from the Geico cavemen. Remember the Geico cavemen? Yeah, there were some commercials way back in the day, I think. Wasn't that a fun, fun period between 2003 and 2007? As our f- Was it really that far back? Yeah, as our forever war became second nature to us. Someday they'll write the history of, of the, the, the aughts, and it'll consist of cavemen commercials in the Iraq War. It was an incredibly successful ad campaign. It's basically a pretty shitty joke about political correctness that was kind of funny because the actors sold it. Is that accurate? Yeah, I mean, just for example, one of them I remember features, uh, he's on a, a moving platform, or a moving sort of walkway in an airport, and he's carrying a tennis racket, he's dressed up, but he also looks like a caveman, and he turns and sees this Geico billboard that says, so easy a caveman could do it. Yeah, and it, he just kind of goes, ugh, that's ugh. It had a really hip electronic beat behind it, didn't it? Something like that. I mean, they were, they were honestly, they were kind of fun commercials. Yeah. It was, you know, to transition us into um, the Forever War. So somebody decided to take a 30-second gag commercial and turn it into a 30-minute sitcom. Because why not? Does it work? Uh, it does not. Well, I'll give it this. It works about as well as you'd think it work, would work. <laughs> it, it's not really like a disappointment in any way. No, I, I couldn't say that I was. Ex- I had high hopes going into the show, but I thought at least I might get some caveman jokes. I, I don't think anyone went into this thinking this is gonna be. This is gonna be great. This is going to be an awesome idea that is going to create a great sitcom. And then they watched it and were like, "Fuck, this is not what I wanted at all." <laughs> <laughs> you know, I kind of feel bad for ABC because this uh, aired in the same time slot as another show called Carpoolers which aired at 8.30 on Tuesdays, and that show also lasted a single season. You know what? Don't feel bad for ABC. (laughs) Feel a little bad for ABC. ABC doesn't need your sympathy. (laughs) They also kind of got the short end of the stick. Uh, The main producer and the head writer of the show is Joe Lawson. Since then, he's done Modern Family and BoJack Horseman. I don't watch those shows, but they're very successful. People seem to like them. So so instead, they got stuck with his cavemen show. Uh, Do you want to talk about the cast... Yeah, I guess we should start with the characters. There's not really an overall structure to the to the show's I season. Mean, They're not working towards a specific goal. It's just some sitcom characters that are... There's no arc here. Um, no. Like, I mean, the only commonality of these episodes is it starts with, like, this historical review of cavemen throughout <laughs> history. It's it's the, the worst intro I've ever seen. It just shows a bunch doing. of random pictures of cavemen in, like... Egyptian hieroglyphs like, and Washington crossing the Delaware and Lance Armstrong? Someone has literally just, like, photoshopped these cavemen into, like, pictures badly. Like, there's a caveman standing behind Oprah or something and a caveman with Bill yes. Clinton and shit like that. And the voiceover just says some bullshit about, we've always been here. The only difference is we're better looking. That's, like, the joke, is that we're, That's we're, the joke. we're just like you, just a little better looking. We're going to hear that every single episode. That's how good they think that joke is. And, like, these cavemen are not good-looking. No, they look awful. Do you think that Do you think that was, like, an ironic joke, Colin? 
I guess that's what they were going for, but I didn't laugh very much at it, no. so it's hard to tell. And, yeah, that's it for structure, because there's nothing else going on here. It's just a sitcom, and no one has any idea how to end a single one of these episodes. Um, it's It sort of feels like a sketch comedy show where, you know, in the last two minutes of it, they're like, how on earth do we end this premise? But that's every episode <laughs> of a half-hour comedy. They just... yeah. Um, they have not the slightest idea. And you know, in a in a good sitcom, when you have different characters that are doing different things in an episode, they have separate threads. They have an A story and a B story. In some sitcoms, you might have an A story, a B story, and a C story. If you want to get adventurous. End, well, sure, if you, you know, if you have a little more time to play with. But usually at the end of a, a, of a good sitcom, these threads come together in some way at the end. The characters run into each other, the situations mimic each other, one character has a solution to the other character's storyline. In this, almost every episode, the end has nothing to do with... None of the characters have anything to do with each other. No, nothing ever comes together. We are just filling time. That's a lot of the show feels like we are just filling time. You get entire threads that run ten minutes of an episode and you just don't care. You know, like one of those 200-hour video game extravaganzas like those <laughs> like those outer scrolls games like where h half the time you feel like they're just sending me on fetch quest after fetch quest to fill up the time here and that's sort of I, what this feels like eight minutes of every episode is go kill 15 wolves yeah exactly go <laughs> go find this ring and bring it back to me <laughs> oh yeah so cast main, cast right yeah, yeah. Our, our main our main character is uh, a caveman named joel played by Bill English, who's basically done nothing before or since. This was his big sort of role. And, yeah, I guess the career just started and stopped with this. I can't imagine why. Joel's such a likable guy. You're sending out your resume, and it's just cavemen in a, like, 34-type font. <laughs> so Joel's our lead character. He's kind of a... He's kind of a bland guy. He's... Theoretically, I think, in the show, he's supposed to be the nice one. Right. He's supposed to be, like the moderate of the group like there's nothing extreme about him you're supposed to like see his struggle with trying to come to grips with being a caveman in the modern world and we'll talk more about how this premise makes no sense but just don't worry about it for a second sure yeah uh and mostly joel is trying to get promotions at his job and he's trying to get together with his girlfriend and he works at a at a at not ikea by the way oh yeah it's called norsk build so that's a joke, is and and all of the the Norsk build furniture has funny names that sound funny. Okay, so yeah, just like to let you know that that that's the level that you're dealing with going in here is like that is a punchline that yeah is hearing Joel say, "Oh, are you sure you want the Groot Flurp?" Right, that these names make very little sense and are hard to say, and like how they avoided the jokes about wow these things are hard to put together. I do not know. There were thirteen I, episodes. I... I am shocked that that didn't come up. That's the easy yeah, joke. It feels like the easiest hack joke to make about Ikea. And it's right there. Fat pitch coming down the pipe. And they're already making jokes about groom florps, so obviously they're not trying to avoid low-hanging fruit here. But yeah, Joel is one of the more irritating things about this show, which is not what you <laughs> want. Uh, you do not want your, uh, like your likable protagonist to be one of the most irritating things about your show, but he's just kind of awful. He whines a lot. He does. He's not very good as a boyfriend. No, and he's just, he's just a piece of shit. 
he's kind of, and he has no sort of central motivation or central philosophy. That's it. The other characters, yeah, the other characters, uh, the next character is, is Nick, and we, we should talk about Nick because he makes for a nice point of contrast. Yes, absolutely. Nick has, a, Nick is played by Nick Kroll, who is genuinely funny and now in literally everything. Um, Parks and Rec, The League, Comedy, Bang Bang, etc., etc., etc. Yeah. And he has a definite POV in this show. He's kind of like a caveman nationalist. Like sure. <laughs> his his he's very he's very proud of his caveman heritage. He doesn't like it that people treat him differently for being a caveman. And look, we we get the problematic nature of of this comparison and we will talk about it more later. Oh boy. Uh, but at least it gives Nick a, a animating principle. Right. Nick is not going to give in and become just like a person. He's going to maintain his own identity as a caveman. It's like it's something in that like he's snarky and he is constantly critiquing our civilization through the lens of a caveman, which is something you can – you know, that's a POV, unlike Joel, sure, right? who has none. And Nick's not always right about things, and in fact, in many episodes, it seems like Nick is kind of the extreme viewpoint, and that he has to learn to moderate to coexist, but at least he's starting with a viewpoint. Joel, just his viewpoint is whining. Yeah, I mean, honestly, Nick is, like, one step away from homo sapien genocide for most of his <laughs> Sure. <laughs> right, but it's, it's, it's telling that he's one of the more likable characters on this show, and definitely yeah. the best actor. Oh, by far the best actor. It's no surprise to me that he's the one that has the most roles after this show. Of the three leads, at least, and we'll get we'll, we'll talk about who's better later. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> and who's who's the third one? Uh, yeah, rounding out our cast is uh, Andy, who's also called Jamie in the pilots, and Andy is sort of your lovable idiot character. He's a very nice guy, but a bit naive. Here's something I was unsure of. Is that actually a different actor in the first in the pilot episode? I'm actually not sure. I didn't go back. I cannot tell. I honestly, I actually found myself confusing Joel and Andy quite often. There were some major changes between the pilot and the rest of the series, which included changing the name of this third character and possibly the actor. (laughs) (laughs) It wouldn't surprise me. I'll put it that way. But they also changed like the location, and this was because of. Uh, critics rightly uh, noting the extreme levels of racism in the pilot. Uh, let's just let's have a little sidebar and just briefly talk about this pilot. Yeah, because this it is does... an elephant that we are not going to be able to escape until we talk about it. No, and it's kind of hard to talk about this show without getting the pilot out of the way yeah. because the rest of the show is so different. And plus the rest of the show is entirely contingent on what happened for, with this pilot. Right, so this pilot takes place not in San Diego, which is where most of the show takes place, but in Atlanta at a country club. Yeah, um, it, and, it features Joel trying to trying to get uh, permission from his girlfriend Kate's father to marry her. And Kate is a Kate is a Homo sapien. She's a human, and so the obvious parallel that we're making is yeah. that. The cavemen are stand-ins for U.S. minorities, and with and especially African American minorities, they are and they are present. I mean, they are listening to hip hop. Yup, they are complaining about being called maggers. They call each other maggers. 
oh, but, you know, some of them are upset by that word. Oh, it is. Was there a joke about, like, the humans being upset that they couldn't say Magger? Because I am 95% like that. sure that there was. I think they're in the car, and one of them says Magger, and he says, well, we can say it. It's our word, or something like that. <sighs> Ooh, it's not great. The, it's the kind of, like... It's the kind of satire that's so fucking stupid you'd have to be an idiot to like it. <laughs> it's beating you over the head with it while at the same time kind of reinforcing the original stereotype. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay to like the shows that, that we talk about on this show, except I just called all of you idiots. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can like anything you want, but not Kate. You can like it, but you're an idiot. <laughs> Especially this pilot. It is It is rough. Yeah, and like... They are not remotely subtle about this thing. They're, and to the point, like, they're trying to even look at it seriously, it seems like, at times. Like, the problems of being a minority in America. And it, there's all kinds of unfortunate shit in there. Like, the implication seems to be, that they're trying to make seems to be that there really isn't overt racism in the modern world. It's just in the heads of minorities. And they don't outright say that, but it is, like, very, very loaded into every one of these messages. That Yeah, this pilot's sort of theme seems to be, why are they complaining so much? Everyone's actually treating them fine. Right, like, just get over it. And um, if you can get over the baggage that you're carrying, then the rest of the world will follow suit. Which is yeah. not a good message. And... Again, if you're going to do this and you're going to set this in a country club in Atlanta, there's not a single actual African-American person no, in this no. episode, except for one. And and who does he play? Boy, he is playing a bartender, and Nick goes up to the bar and basically just treats him like shit. Uh, so, like, there's one part in the pilot where Nick is, like, horrified to talk to this old woman who's a member of an organization called Daughters of the Confederacy, which makes it all very confusing, because are we supposed to believe that the cavemen have the same historical experience in the United States as African Americans? I guess we we see all those pictures in that intro scene, but we never really get into it. Like, are we were the cavemen slaves? Uh, Apparently, I, there's no... They don't go into that. It's just kind of like, <laughs> get it? They're offended by people saying yabba-dabba-doo, but they should get over it. Right, and like... And the thing is, like... I think the point where it really bottomed out for me with this pilot, and boy did it bottom out, was uh, when they made it clear that the cavemen are actually physically stronger and uh, more agile than humans. Like, it's not, yeah. it's not just a stereotype, it's literally true. They're a different species. And, God, is this not the way you want to make a racism comparison? No! <laughs> It's almost unbelievably wrong-headed. It, it feels really odd, and we're not the only people that noticed it was really odd, because this pilot went out to plenty of critics in advance, all of whom gave very scathing reviews to it. No, this thing got crucified. So this show was entirely retooled, basically from the ground up. Yeah, and... We got our character, uh, Andy is... Or, sorry, Jamie is renamed Andy. <laughs> and possibly replaced by another actor. Possibly. Mm, who could care? Dime a dozen uh, the, in Hollywood, Jamie. <laughs> <laughs> the race aspects are are almost entirely stripped, and there are occasional references later, especially in one episode called Andy the Stand-Up, where Andy is doing a, a stand-up routine that's based on 
uh, stereotypes of cavemen. He does this whole routine where his, his uncle goes, Ooh, smell like food to me. But for the most part, we're completely ignoring any race aspects. The big problem here is that, okay, the only appeal this show has, or the only thing that makes it interesting, is the juxtaposition of cavemen being in the modern world, right? But yes. they have married themselves so completely to seeing cavemen in the modern world through the lens of modern race relations that once you take that out they don't know how to make a fucking caveman joke no so all of the jokes have nothing to do with right. them being cavemen for the remaining 12 episodes and so it might as well be like two and a half men it, it which it basically it is. really I mean, is about as funny all right who else is in this Okay, so that's our main cast, Joel, Nick, Andy. We've talked about the pilot. We've got uh, some women who are very full, fully <laughs> developed, fleshed out characters. Kate. Kate is played by Caitlin Doubleday. She's uh, also in Empire. That's about her only other major role. Nashville, she plays. I think, also. Is it Nashville? Nashville okay. and Empire. She's a uh, sure. double threat. Duh. She uh she plays Joel's girlfriend, uh, who's no longer the fiance that she was in the pilot. Right. She not she now is just a girlfriend, and like in the second episode, the first episode after the pilot, she, they've just like started dating. And at some point they break up because later in the season they're not together, but then they get back together. It but whatever. Who could care? Because she has no actual character. No, she is a piece of cardboard that's moved around by stagehands. And then there's Stephanie Lamellon who uh, is, I guess, primarily a voice actress. Is Yeah, she's done a lot of TV spots. I think Dawn of the Crudes is probably her okay. biggest voice role, which is not something to write home about. And back in the pilot, she was, like, kind of this racist southern girl. And <laughs> it's like, yeah, this, this big-time NRA fan racist southern girl. And then she's transplanted wholesale into the rest of the series, which now takes place in San Diego. So you have this southern girl, complete with accent, just in San Diego, with no comment. Yeah. And her big love interest is Andy, who she's constantly trying to hook up with, although she's really only turned on when Andy sort of gets wild. Yeah. Which is uncomfortable which they downplay after the pilot for sure but um they do although there was one episode i had um it was the shaver Ugh. and uh this is one of those episodes that has two threads that have nothing to do with each other joel and nick are investigating whether or not this guy is shaving so that he can pass as a homo sapien meanwhile andy is driving around with uh stephanie lamellon whose character name is thorn and he gets mad at traffic, and he yells at someone, and she gets really turned on by it. Who else is in here? Uh, we got Leslie plays, I believe, is it Kate's mom? Yes, uh, Julie White, uh, veteran sure. character actress. She's, I, I know she's her pretty as, good. She's pretty she's, good. She's probably the funniest other than one character who will mention. I, uh, I got uh -huh. some genuine laughs out of her. Yeah, for sure. And then the only other one that matters is... <laughs> our lord and savior jeff daniel phillips who Just was lights up the scene every time he's in it he was one of the original geico cavemen in the commercials why he was not a lead in this show i have no idea and neither does anyone else he is so much more fun than any of these characters he single-handedly made those commercials he 
has the capacity to do this look of just utter condescension uh, that's just unbelievable. And so, like, he totally steals every scene he's in. Yeah, his name is Maurice. He's very much your ladies' man. He's an alpha male, but he's not an aggressive jackass about it. He's just so confident in himself that he knows he's the best thing around. And it kind of shows. How are we all feeling about this show? I feel awful about it. What What's the tone of Cavemen? It's it's kind of going for your your sort of frat boy comedy almost. It's you got three guys hanging out. The women are very ancillary to the to the show. So to use our our uh, use the template of NBC Thursday night nineteen ninety eight. Where what time slot is this going for? Uh, we are going for well, it's plotted for eight p.m. and that's about where it sits. It also, though, wants to address some adult issues, albeit in a very decisively non-serious way. Yeah. Like, I mean, it does address sex. It does address some racism. Yeah. A lot of racism. But it also doesn't get any more complex than fart jokes, for the most point. So... It's sitting right in... It's that primetime show. I mean, like I said, it is a lot like Two and a Half Men. I mean, it's bad. It's about that level. And... As for who is this for? Who is this show for? I mean, that's the real question, right? Idiots who like commercials. Men. I cannot express to you how much the show is not for women. Was was there really an audience clamoring for a multi-camera sitcom about the Geico cavemen? I tell you, there's an audience of at least one, and that's the CEO of Geico. I kind of feel like he probably didn't even watch it. <laughs> I kind of feel like he did, and he thought, oh, that's not good. <laughs> cut ties! <laughs> cut ties! Get my name off that! Alright, so, let's talk about some reasons to watch this show. Why might you want to watch Caveman? Oh, boy. Um, that is a really hard question. There's... I can at least point to one episode. It's called Caveman Holiday, which... Christ almighty, what a lazy title, but fine. You and know what you're getting. You know what you're getting. You're getting a caveman holiday. It's not a It's not a homo sapien holiday. Nope. This is a caveman holiday. Wait, can we, can we talk about, like, what are the cavemen exactly? I mean, cavemen, historically, are humans. Yeah, I mean, Cro-Magnon Man is still homo sapiens, isn't it? Right, or... right, right. So why are we acting like this is a different species? Because they've always been here. The only difference is they're better looking. Like, the the makeup in this is, like, decidedly, this is a different species. Like, Yeah, they've got big prosthetics so that they've got yeah. forehead ridges almost, and they've got hair growing, like, way up under the eyes. Yeah, so this is definitely a different species on the show, but that doesn't make any sense. No. Alright, talk about your caveman holiday. It's the only episode that I could even remotely recommend. Because when I'm watching a show called Cavemen, what I want to know is exactly what you're asking. What the what the fuck is the deal with the cavemen? Who are these cavemen? How do they get so here? It's so confusing. I but I want answers to that. And and this episode at least has some because they they have their own mythology and they have their own holidays and their own stories and that sort of thing. And so we get this holiday called The Long Night, and it's basically a Christmas stand-in. But The Long Night's kind of interesting. It's it's this myth about a miraculous cow that could feed the whole world, 
everyone's huddled inside this cave and people keep coming in from outside because the cave is the only shelter they have in the middle of the longest night, hence the name. But it's the warmth of all those people that's gathered together that keeps them alive through that long night, that longest night. And they have all kinds of traditions about this. Um, <laughs> some of my favorites were they, they serve rotten peaches. But, what? of course, they don't actually want to eat rotten peaches. So they're serving uh, mint ice cream that's got some stuff on top of it. Okay. They've got a drink, which sounds delightful. It's uh, nine parts grain alcohol to one part beef bouillon. I, I like the close notes that you took of this episode, by the way. This was the most interesting thing. I, I feel like you, you were actually writing recipes out. It was, well, because, because I'd sat through so many episodes of this garbage having nothing to do with cavemen that finally I had something to write down. I was like, oh, shit, there's there's things. Um, like, I, I'm fairly certain you took notes with the expectation that you were going to have a long night celebration. I, you know, come December, we'll see what we do. <laughs> it's on a different night than Christmas, so it's not like the two have to overlap Hey, the, the time is there. <laughs> um, so... So in that respect, if you're interested in seeing what a sitcom writer might develop in terms of jokes about cavemen or a caveman world, then you get at least a little bit of that in this episode. So this sounds like actual world building, which is the exact reverse of what's happening in the rest of the show. It was basically the only instance of world building that I can remember. Do you think they just, like, had some intern that they brought on for this episode, and he just, like, went nuts with this thing, and they were like, no, you do not get the tone of this show? <laughs> well, I'm wondering, too, if, uh, you know, I was looking into this, and this episode was written during the writer's strike, so I'm wondering who actually penned this, and if it wasn't somebody going a little off the reservation, as it were. <laughs> Nick Kroll is just frantically writing this thing out. I could do this better. I could do this better. Grain alcohol! And beef bouillon. I mean, to be fair, nine parts grain alcohol, one part beef bouillon is a really bad, lazy joke, but at least it's something unique. Also, it sounds hideous. It does sound really bad, doesn't it? I mean... But, yeah, okay, I think you're getting at the same thing that I thought had potential in this show, in that the central crux of cavemen transplanted into a modern society is at least different enough to be interesting. Like, sure. And I'll even say that, like, the triumvirate of Joel, <laughs> of Joel, Nick, and Andy with Joel wanting to assimilate into modern society, Nick as a caveman nationalist, and Andy is kind of undecided, um, like, as as kind of like a third-party voter. <laughs> Naive and yeah. doesn't really think about it that way. Yeah, I, that's, I mean, there's potential there for something. It is set up well. Yeah. I don't even want to go that far. Well, it's it could have been set up well. It's a thing that is there. <laughs> it sure. So, audience, if you're looking for a show, a reason to watch this show, you just heard it from Dave. It's a thing, it's a thing. that is there. I just want them to use like a picture of me with two thumbs up going, it's a thing that <laughs> is, there. is there. And, like, the show doesn't really understand what its own weaknesses are, so it focuses a lot on Joel, but it gets better the less it focuses on Joel and Andy, for that matter. And the more Maury shows up. Yeah, some of Nick's plots approach funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, like Tentatively sort of reaching out towards it, but not wanting to get too close. There's an episode where like 
they're trying to um, decide which candidate to vote for for city council. And one of the candidates is a caveman. And Nick has to sort of come to grips with the fact that this caveman candidate, despite him being a caveman, is fucking bonkers. <laughs> <laughs> so Nick is sort of subtly and gradually under he's learning that this candidate he's put his trust in is nuts and um is jill stein and um oh. yeah he uh Ooh, we're getting topical yeah i'm getting into some serious shit here yikes um but yeah she like the the candidate says that um because nick kroll um had pancakes for breakfast he needs to be irrigated so that sort of thing <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, that's a that's a joke. It's a, it's it's kind of funny. I accept so, yeah. that as a joke. But yeah, when it actually understands what its strengths are, it approaches being watchable. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's another reason to watch this. It's not actually a reason to watch this. Uh, they laid out a lot of money for the music in this show. Oh boy, did they! Boy, we, I, I wrote down a handful of names. We got Jet, Cat Stevens, Leonard Skinner, Flaming Lips. Uh, OK Go, I think, is in there somewhere. Yeah, I think so. Um, Michael Jackson is in that pilot. Oh, he is, isn't he? I mean, boy, that's a lot. That's good music. Now, on the other hand, you could just go listen to that music, so. Right, so, like, let's say that 8 out of... 80% of their budget went towards the music, 10% towards those prosthetics, and 10% for everything else. Not including any writing. Um, okay, what what are some other good things about this show? Um, uh, Jeff, Jeff Daniel Phillips, he's great. Yep, every time Rory shows up, man. Uh, it's kind of short. That's pretty good. <laughs> I got a couple laughs out of Leslie, like I mentioned earlier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't watch this show. Don't watch it. Just what don't. are some what are some specific reasons not to watch this show? Oh boy. So this racism metaphor is pretty boy. unfortunate, right? Ay ay ay. Yep. Yeah, they they chose to make the caveman a stand-in for US minorities, and there is no way to win with that premise. Especially when you have other jokes in this show that are basically just racist stereotype jokes. There's one episode in which uh, French Stewart, we'll talk about French Stewart. Oh, he shows be. up. <laughs> he shows up and uh, they're at Norsk Build with Joel, and Joel and French Stewart are showing around a group of Korean businessmen. And the joke, I use that word very loosely, is that French Stewart starts going around and introducing these Korean businessmen to Joel. Here's Mr. Kim, here's Mr. Park, here's Mr. Lee, here's Mr. Park, here's Mr. Kim, here's Mr. Lee, here's they Mr. Kim. They have the same names. Oh my god, Koreans have the same last names. Like, fuck you, show. You can't be a racism metaphor and then make a shitty racist joke. 2007. It was a different time. <laughs> we were about to clear out Fallujah. <laughs> That changed my whole perspective, let me tell you. Uh, so the racism aspects. Great reason not to watch this show. Oh, such a good reason. And like I said, it when they once they have to abandon using the metaphor that they are they're so invested in, they have to give up on all the cavemen jokes, and then it's just a dumb sitcom with no hook. I mean that's really the I would say the central problem in this show is if you're gonna have a caveman show 
and it's not going to involve anything really making cavemen jokes, then there's nothing left for me to hang my hat on in this show. Right. And, um, like, we've talked a lot about that at this point, uh, but it's also important to note that the writers cannot sustain three lead characters. No. These characters often act, I mean, they, they have defined characteristics, but they're generally acting how they need to act for the exigencies of a given scene. Like, like we said, there's like, there's an A and B plot for Joel and Nick, and then they throw in a C plot all too often for Andy, and there is just nothing to work with there. It has nothing to do with the rest of the show. It's bad even by caveman standards. It'll be resolved apart from the A plot. Right. And which is usually the sign of a bad sitcom when you see these, like, different threads not relating to each other at all. They just unravel. Uh, you like that metaphor? That's real good. <laughs> uh, yeah, these, I mean, j just to hit it right on the nose, these jokes aren't funny. I think that's a real, this is going to be a common complaint if we do other comedy shows. Because yeah, yeah. most comedies that are funny get picked up, and most comedies that aren't funny don't get picked up. But this show is not funny. It's really, really hacky jokes. Like, a lot of Ikea jokes. There's jokes about traveler's checks. I swear to God, there's like three jokes about traveler's checks in one episode. Jesus. This is 2007. Like I said, I got French Stewart showing up regularly in these episodes, and at least two, maybe more like and, three or four. I and mean, he's just doing his stupid French Stewart bit. Let's be honest, French Stewart existing in 2007 is already kind of a joke. Yeah, when he showed up, <laughs> when he showed up, I said, "Oh shit, it's French Stewart. He was in Third Rock." And about ten seconds later, I went, "Ah, god damn it, it's French Stewart." Uh there's jokes about Ryan Philippe, which is interesting. There's an extended joke about John Tesh being one of their favorite musical artists and possibly a shaver. There's no way that anyone made jokes about John Tesh after, like, 1996, right? Here we are. In, in Cavemen, we got not just a joke, but an extended running joke about John Tesh. You know, my wife steadfastly refused to watch the show. Ah, but good for she, her. She was passing by once when Joel was rifling through a Rolodex, and she goes, Heh! Rolodex, he must be a caveman. That was a funnier joke than anything that happened in this show. It is. It, I mean, it's a joke, at the right? very least. Ay, ay, ay. This isn't a good show, is it? It's not. We got other problems, too. I think one of my biggest problems with the show, and especially with that last episode, is it's a pretty horribly sexist show. Oh, for sure. I mean, I brought this up earlier, mentioning how the female characters are basically cardboard cutouts. They don't have any personality whatsoever, other than very broad strokes. But, who boy, in this last episode, we got Maurice showing up to sort of dictate who's what type of man. So Joel's a hunter, meaning he goes out and he finds what he needs. Uh, and who else Nick, we got? I, we got Nick as a gatherer. Yes, that's right. And Nick, then Andy is... A third category. Somehow, He's like a messenger? Called a which, messenger, which was not addressed in the original premise of, of no. this, this episode. <laughs> the title of the episode is Hunters and Gatherers. Hunters, Gatherers, and also a messenger. Hunters, I guess. Gatherers, <laughs> Messengers. <laughs> Shit. 
But boy, does it become awful, because by the end of the show, we've got uh, Nick is sitting around with the women, and they're all doing their nails, because he's a gatherer. He stays at home and works on home stuff, and they paint their nails and gossip. Sure, because, like... (sighs) (laughs) Andy, meanwhile, is is gossiping on his his little cell phone. He's sending text messages about things, and he can't keep a secret, because he's a messenger. Oh, fuck me. So, So, like, what does a messenger stand in for, then? I don't know. It's I don't know what it women. means. <laughs> so are like they both feminized archetypes? Is that the idea? I guess, but sort of different kinds. And meanwhile, Joel is the manly one. I'm not sure about that. Joel is just like this total weak character, but uh, because he get he goes out to work at IKEA and brings home money, he's um, pronounced a hunter. Right. And meanwhile, in this episode, we have, like, there's a female caveman who shows up in a couple of episodes. Yeah, and, and, and that's one thing throughout the show that I was constantly wondering about. And I didn't watch the one episode before the finale that involves the female caveman. But I was like, are there female cavemen? Because, cave women? <laughs> because <laughs> yeah. they're not present in any of these other episodes. I was actually really happy when the cave woman showed up in this last episode because that meant I didn't have to go back to that previous episode to figure out what the hell was oh, going on yeah. with that question that you asked. There is there is no reason to ever go back and watch an episode of Cavemen twice. Nope. And so, she's yeah. she's no better than the rest because her character is basically the the, the ball busting, dominating woman. Great. Yeah, the joke for her is pretty much that she's like a dominatrix who who farts. Yeah. She uh she hurts Nick at one point and Nick says, She crushed my manhood and somebody goes, Oh, I'm sorry that she made you feel that way and he goes, No, literally, I've got a potato medley in my shorts. <laughs> That's the joke. That's the joke, everyone. And it it's it totally feels like that um do you remember that Simpsons episode where like they they showed like that um the parody sitcom of like what was on Fox and it yes. was like you stole my manhood that's petty theft <laughs> that's literally this show they're doing that for real here yeah. and and you'll notice that that whole sequence of jokes quote unquote that i just said nothing to do with him being a caveman nope it's just just happens to be there For the most part, it comes down to, like, little uh, touches throughout the rest of the show that actually show that they're cavemen. Like, um, they have cave paintings in their house, which is a little funny. Yeah, again, I want more of that. Yeah. Um, Maurice is, in this last episode, wearing a button-up shirt that just has a giant leopard on it. That was pretty fun. It was like like a leopard skin shirt, but it was a leopard (laughs) on a shirt, you know? I I get it. That's subtle. It's funny. And it might sound like, as we're talking, that there's a lot of stuff that deals with them being cavemen, but the point is, like, in this show, when they're shown to be different, it's not, like, any different from, like, if you had, um, say, a foreigner or somebody from out of town or anyone that's different put into this situation there's nothing about them actually being cavemen (laughs) and even in in the interesting bits like in caveman holiday that long part that i discussed is about two minutes of the episode most of the episode is joel worrying about kate showing up to the party and nick worrying about heather showing up to the party and andy wanting to do the traditional thing it's just boring hacky sitcom it's like why do we need to see a fucking sitcom with people wearing caveman prosthetics 
No, I can't. We don't, I guess, is the short answer there. All right, this show sucks. So, yes. unanswered questions. The big one. How, the big one is... How do the humans and cavemen timelines interact? Like, I, that's my biggest question, is what, what's the history here? Were the cavemen slaves? How have they lived together for 80,000 years, which is quoted at some point, but interaction is still novel? What is the relationship between these two groups? We've got this this intro sequence where they've always been here, but like, did people just not notice that there were cavemen around? But now people are noticing. Everyone in the show knows that there are cavemen. Right, and they've always been a part of the history. We've seen that they were not separate from it and then were just introduced. So why is it still something that needs to be commented on? And they, they've got this, like, they were hidden in these historical paintings, but everyone knew that they were there. And it varies throughout the show, like, the degree of um, racism against the cavemen. Like, sometimes it feels like they are legitimately second- or third-class citizens. Like, they talk about in one of the episodes that, like, there's no future for a caveman child except for, like, working in the mines or some shit like that. God. Which I'm like, I'm like, wow, tell me more about that. Um, but others, it's just like, like we talked about in the pilot, where it's pretty much they are looking for people making um, disparaging comments about them so that they can get upset about it. And I... I have a, a related question also that came to mind, which was, you know, talking about the minority experience in the United States is such a particular experience because this country has had such a particular history. So what are there cavemen in other countries? Are they treated the same way? What's that is a good point. I, are cavemen in France treated differently? I don't know. What were the cavemen doing in World War II? I did that that's my actual biggest unanswered question i want season two to actually take place in 44 <laughs> all right so why do, so colin why does san diego have southern accents uh because the show is lazy and we already hired one actress to play this role so god damn it we're just going with the same exact role yeah they had to take out kate's dad when they moved from atlanta to <laughs> san diego and he was like a, an oil baron or something <laughs> But they didn't take out her mom. She's just no, a real she's estate, still there. Like, she's the apartment manager now. Yeah, of their building, of the caveman's building. building. Which, mm, that's All right, a awkward. Fine, whatever. And I also wanted to know: Does this world also have Geico commercials with the Geico cavemen? And if so, do they have a different meaning? And who? Ooh, that's a good question. All right. That, actually, you would think there would have been a meta episode about the company Geico. Maybe it would be an evil company or something. No, no, we oh. got a bunch of Norsk build jokes. Oh, man, the places this show could have gone if it had Dude, just gotten Imagine if Joel had worked at Geico, and they're putting out these commercials. I think you just hit gold. Wow. It's too bad this show's never fucking coming back. Um, Let's not say that too soon. <laughs> All right, why didn't it come back? Well... Racism? <laughs> the fact that it's completely not funny? It's not funny. It had bad ratings. Uh, yeah, it had terrible ratings. Yeah, um, I, be I, I believe there was a lot of hype before it came out, and wow, that died down pretty quick. Again, this, this was with carpoolers on ABC, and neither show was helping the other. I think, uh, and again, those commercials were really popular, so I think the reviews of the pilot pretty much destroyed any momentum it might have had. 
I, that I think actually did play a big role. I think people were predisposed because it was from a commercial and because of the reviews of the pilot not to like this show. Yeah. Now, I'll take that and I'll say that they were predisposed not to like it, but also they were confirmed in their predisposition. Yeah, and I think one reason why they might have been predisposed not to like it is because it's a terrible fucking idea. Right. I mean, sometimes you're predisposed to certain things for very good reasons. Right, because you're a human being. And you've seen shit like this before. Oh man, am I being like happen. A, Am I being an anti-caveman racist? Yeah, you are, which a I guess bit? is maybe a good thing because Wow. I've really learned know. a lot already in this first episode. <laughs> so much introspection. I've got a I've got a lot to learn. Uh, <laughs> what would have made this work, Colin? I think we need more cavemen jokes, for one. For and sure. And I think we we need to be a little weirder. Uh-huh. The show's just so normal and bland that there's nothing for me to care about. Yeah, it needed to go more in a Nick Kroll direction and less of a whatever the fuck that Joel guy's name is. <laughs> yeah, I don't need hacky jokes about Joel parking in the boss's parking spot. Now the boss is upset at him. Right, like they have such normal situations for sitcoms like that. Like, oh, he's parking in the boss's parking space. And they expect it to be funny because he's a caveman. Like, that's the joke that, like, oh, there's an actor in Caveman Prosthetics who's doing normal sitcom stuff, and that's inherently funny. And the problem is it just isn't. No, we need to start with caveman jokes. We need to start with a guy eating a giant hunk of raw meat, and everyone acts like he's a, a goddamn savage, but then he turns it on them and asks why he thinks that it's savage. Which is why the commercials were funny, at least exactly. at first. In but that no, in that the, in the that. commercials, they're not savages. They're hipsters who um, like order order tiny things in restaurants. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't know, uh, but yeah, I think the main you gotta go about this by not creating the racism metaphor to begin with. I think you go full unfrozen caveman lawyer to take a, a to take an SNL reference. So, like, they're not different because they look different. They're different because they're from a different time. Sure, that'd be great if we got them to talk about how terrified I am of your metal birds that fly through the sky. Like, just having cavemen continue to exist in a parallel evolutionary line just doesn't give you anything to work with. No. Um, but, you know, also, what did people like in 2007, Colin? I'll tell you what they liked. Mad cutting men. social security? Oh. They like Mad Men. And also that cutting that social came out? security. Yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think, what if making this a sitcom was the wrong way to go? Ooh, you want this to be a serious drama. What if it's a drama about Machiavellian office politics? Would French Stewart still be involved? Because I don't know if that's going to work. French Stewart's the boss. Oh. Yeah, so like, what if it's a drama of office politics with cavemen in the ancient world? Oh, okay, see, that actually could be fun, you know? They can even still work at, like, a stone Ikea. Right, and, like, maybe you'd have some guy showing up, and he's got this new thing that's called, uh, bronze. Right, and, like, it's, it's like, this whole big thing about, do we tell, do we tell everyone about bronze, or do we keep it a company secret? Yeah. You know what the problem with that show is, though? That's gonna cost a lot to make. In this show, we can just have a generic apartment. That's true. So, uh, were we were we all on our own on not liking the show? What were the reviews? Oh boy! Like? Uh, well, the reviews uh 
most of the reviews that I read, they were all negative. And most of them were about as hacky as the show itself. <laughs> yeah, there's some, there's some pretty great overwrought reviews here. Yeah, one calls it a, a cave-in that was extinct on arrival. That's pretty good. One starts, ugh, me no like. That's less good. One uh, calls it the lowest rung of the evolutionary ladder. Oh boy. And one says there's little reason to hope that this comedy will avoid extinction. Uh, did you plan to have them go like kind of declining in quality like that? <laughs> The problem, too, with these hacky-ass jokes is that, A, they're worse than the show, and, B, they don't make sense. Cavemen didn't really go extinct, although this kind of comes back to our are-they-a-separate-species question. Uh. <laughs> so I, I've got a quote here from uh, from the New York Times review of, of Cavemen. <laughs> you might imagine a sociological imperative existing for a venture with men forced, as they are in this confusing world, to embody the style of swingers and the soul of high noon. One joke in the show has a caveman working in some facsimile of an Ikea. I'm like, one joke? <laughs> Where all the shelves and chairs have ridiculous, unpronounceable names, like the Blutenkrock or something. Let the record reflect. I laughed. But I laughed through my pain. Cavemen, set in some version of San Diego, where people speak with southern accents, doesn't have moments as much as microseconds suspended from any attempt at narrative. Wow. New York Times, everybody. That is that is vicious, and yet she laughed? That's not good. It's not great. No, I, you don't want to laugh at this show. I sort of feel like, why didn't you like this show? <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole thing is like that. Yeah, if you're laughing at the Norsk build jokes, then you're laughing at this other garbage. This, I believe, is your wheelhouse. Oh, Nelly. Dave. Yes. Would you recommend cavemen? I don't think I would. I think that's going to be a no. I would recommend you find a DVD of this and break in half. You set fire to it. Just get this out of here. It's terrible. I would recommend you, like, thinking about your life if you thought about watching this show. I certainly thought about my life when we finished watching our episodes. Um, the, the first note I have um, in the first uh, in, in my first set of notes for this podcast is one, why are we doing this? <laughs> and my last notes on my last page simply write on separate lines. Thank fuck it's over. Whew. So yeah, that's cavemen. Any, don't watch it. Yeah, don't don't watch it. Uh, <laughs> Any final thoughts, Dave? Well, I mean, thanks thanks for listening to our first episode of My Mother the Podcast. If you if you wanna, you can follow us on Twitter at My Mother Podcast. There's no the, just My Mother Podcast. Damn Twitter rules. And like us on Facebook at My Mother the Podcast, or or send us an email about any old thing. At mymotherthepodcast at gmail.com. I'm Colin Whiting. I'm Dave Wagner. This has been My Mother the Podcast. Take it easy, everybody.